0: down in the den so go tell a friend the best podcast on earth is not to begin we got jokes and news and movie reviews after dark, nc-17 with the crew interviews with the best artists around so like comment subscribe the show starting right now let's go like comment subscribe the show starting right now Welcome to Down in the Den. We have another great episode coming your way today and we appreciate you guys for tuning in to the best platform for creatives on our Gore's internet. And you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Joining me here in the den, I'm so, so happy. He's a longtime friend of the den. He's an incredible producer, artist, exec. I'm sure I'm missing some hats. He could probably cook really well, <laughs> probably grill some. Got two things I can cook. I got two two things, but not more. But yeah,
1: please. Or <laughs> or
0: something. But the involved, he's the bomb in everything he do- does. Welcome to the den, my man, Nick Neutrons. Nick, brother, how are you doing today? Appreciate it, man. Thank you for the introduction. Wow, I feel I feel like I've arrived. I feel honored, man. Thank you. Hey, man. Denmates for life. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Well, for guys who aren't familiar, if you watch the season one finale, one of our biggest episodes to date, a artist that works with Nick, uh, he helped facilitate a very important interview. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, we're going to talk all about Nick. Nick's a credible producer, multi-genre, credible artist. Tell us a little bit about your origin story. It's a tradition here in the den. I'm a big nerd. I got another origin story. How did you get bit by the music bug? How did you discover your superpower? (laughs) I guess music started for me. It was
1: always in the house. My mom was always like playing us classical music, and she had us on the violin super, super early. We did like Suzuki Method Violin when I was like in nursery school, like age four to like 13, I played violin. And started not to like it as I fell in love with video games. And video games like really took over. Video games and like radio pop music and hip hop really like consumed my life. So I was very much into like Black Sheep, A Tribe Called Quest, Criss Cross, everything produced by Jermaine Dupree back then. I was like super into as like a 7, 8 year old, like 9 year old. I was like super into all that.
0: And, and then we all um, had our pants on backwards, like in the 92 <laughs> for Halloween, era, of I did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I definitely same did. Here, same <laughs> here. You know, inside out of the wicked, wicked whack. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean some some of that stuff, like some of those records, like I still go back and listen to production from that era. Of course, like everyone still listens to like nineties stuff, you know. If you're, you know, if you grew up in that, people are still, you know, discovering that flavor now. So that's really crazy. But um also like Freestyle music, stuff like from Dance Mix USA, jock jams type electro, like European synth stuff I was always really into also. So like that stuff, video games, playing the video games, getting the soundtrack stuck in my head, and then... um my sister was a really big influence on me. she's very like ambitious socializer in New York so I grew up an hour north of New York City and my sister was always going out to raves and stuff she like did the whole like limelight uh, the tunnel illegal raves like she did all that stuff. She was a rave promoter when I was in um, middle school so she really got me on like the early drum and bass and stuff. she was dating this guy this producer Alex Patterson of the Orb. He got me a set of turntables or sort of like got me, got my conspired with my dad to like hook me up with turntables when I was in seventh grade. So, since seventh grade, I was DJing, and then since senior year 2002, making beats on computers like using FL3. Actually, I made beats on FL3 when my senior year of high school, but very quickly went back to hardware, and then 10 years ago, kind of went back to computers. So, Lot of lot
0: of different music chapters in my life. I I love it, and it makes a lot of sense why you're so well versed in so many genres of music. You literally, you're almost like the bane of music. You know, like you. I don't know the bane lore. So, so, uh, bane. I'm a big comic book uh, nerd. Everyone, um, yeah, everyone saw the movie. I didn't see it, so I don't know bane's origin. Yeah, bane's origin story. yeah, Yeah, he has a he has a really cool line in that movie where you know Batman's trying to knock out the light so he can fight him because bane's just kicking his ass he knocks out the light and bane's like ha, ha, ha. you merely adopted the darkness i was born into it you're like born into music you're, you're bane you were born into it now you mentioned your parents had you on hardcore violin is your mother a violinist or is it like
1: no band my band? mom i think i think some it was like a I have to actually ask my mom. I don't really know the origins of that. My mom's very much into classical music though. Right. She like my parents are like kind of weird. My dad is a musical. He doesn't listen to music at all. Never listened to to music for enjoyment in his life. So weird. it's very weird. Like, it's like he's one of two people I ever heard of that's actually like that. But my mom is very into classical music and like got us, you know, sort of going playing the violin my sister still plays strings she still plays violin and viola and she plays like does she play anything else i guess she just plays violin and viola but she's um yeah she's uh she's still going i quit in third grade like i couldn't go anymore somehow i just was technologically obsessed just like if it doesn't have a screen like i didn't really want to do it so right. i didn't right. hang with the violin <laughs>
0: You mentioned in your origin stormy video games, video game music. And for me, I, I can hum the Mario Brothers theme song. I can hum the Legends of Zelda theme song. I can remember these songs. They're really embedded in my DNA. What was the first video game song that you were really forget the game? You were like. This music is hitting what what do you remember that?
1: There's a couple of levels in Ninja Gaiden for NES, the first Ninja Gaiden, there's like a couple of them that like even now like I just will still return to and flip and remix those records just cuz I like want to hear the melody again and just hear the synth line like I'm super into the kind of epic sort of there's like a hopefulness but also because there's like this technological limitation on the sound the it's like the chord and the melody just become so. There's something about that square wave that they use to like make video game music back in the day. That the way that it makes melodies and chords hit is super like just condensed. It's just you just feel the chord super hard with like those NES game synths. I think, especially if you're our age because we grew up with them but even now electronic musics i think a lot of people are still pushing that sound because they really like the way that it moves air makes the speakers work that's why they use all the synthesized stuff because it just hits through the speakers a certain way when you synthesize it so
0: and I'm a ES big games EDM like- guy. Yeah, I'm a big EDM guy, so I know what you mean. You know, that energy you feel from the music and the synths, and the, it's something about the electronic that you don't get with the live, and it's something about the live you don't get with the electronic, but both are
1: absolutely equally yeah.
0: nourishing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, the circle back, we had talked about how we made our introduction. For those who don't know, um, Nick and how we discovered – uh, and it ended up being a relationship where many other artists he worked with, we've affiliated with. Um, but I first discovered it was a track that you had produced uh, about artists named Rome Malone, who we interviewed last season, who's currently incarcerated. Um, tell me a little bit for those who may have not seen that episode. Tell us a little bit about that story and how you got involved with producing such a. It was a track called "Live on Death Row," it was a phenomenal, phenomenal track. Tell us a little bit about those bat, that backstory for those who may not have uh, heard our prior interview.
1: Got you. So I met Rome through Mark Katz, and Mark Katz is a professor that runs this, he founded this program called Next Level Hip Hop Exchange. It's a U.S. State Department program that sends hip hop educators to different countries to like talk hip hop and make hip hop with local people that are interested or doing hip hop. So... I applied for that program, I think in 2016, and was accepted to that program, and went to Tunisia and Algeria for three weeks to scratch records and play music with local kids that do that too. And it was fucking incredible. So then- It's a dream. (laughs) Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, So, yeah. Yeah shouts to everybody who was on that trip Too big tara was the dancer she was part of a hip-hop group called anomalies one below from binary star he was on that trip with me and then also dcap the producer uh, sound designer so um yeah super great team anyway uh two or three, three years ago, Mark Katz was on Facebook and said, does anybody want to produce for a death row inmate? And I said, well, I'll definitely listen to it. See how, you know, if, if he's dope, if I'm inspired to do it, if it sounds like a good idea, I'll, you know, I'll definitely try it. And when I heard it, it was just a SoundCloud upload of various, just kind of writtens that he'd had that he just delivered acapella over the phone. And, um, it was just fucking incredible. It was just like, I don't. I don't know. He was just one of the best rappers I'd ever heard. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, uh, sure." So there was this long process of of how that kind of technologically worked out. Like, there's like a just a story about an MP3 player that people kind of don't really want out there, but it's an epic story. It involves me loading up an MP3 player with as many spare tracks as I had. I gave him like 200 tracks, and then um, for a while. He was recording with one ear in the MP3 player and one ear on the phone, rapping acapella to Michael Betts, who was the documentarian who originally met Rome and I think introduced him to Mark Katz, but I'm not sure. It could be that Rome reached out to Mark Katz by himself. I'm actually not sure about that. Um, but uh, anyway, the, the MP3 player got wiped accidentally. Um, and then after that, uh, Nine months later, COVID hit and Zoom gave us the opportunity to split all the files into individual, uh, each caller has an individual audio file. So it's this, this procedure of him calling up. And then I merge a call from him with a Zoom call and then record onto the computer and then also run the audio from the computer through the phone so he can hear it, but it doesn't get recorded. God bless Michael Betts. He figured all this stuff out and figured out how to do it, um, so yeah, so now we're back in business and now we're making a, a song a week or a couple songs a week. We've had probably like a hundred songs, 120 songs. Uh he's a fucking incredible rapper. Everyone should listen to it. Um it's it's been annoyingly hard to get people to listen to it, man. Most people immediately say, Oh, like what about the quality? Like, can you do anything about the quality? I'm like, yo, the story is not really the quality. If you like the story, then maybe there's more packaged versions of the story coming. But the music, like if you like bars, listen to the bars. Like the bars are fucking incredible. And on my end, I'm doing everything that I can to make it sound as good as I can. But it's a little bit of a, it's just a different type of project. It's like a challenge. It's like, you know, what can you do? How do you mix this stuff? How do you mix it so that you make it so that people want to turn it up, but that it's not bleeding your ears? Because the vocal is like that.
0: Yeah, it's a Would distorted, you but it look, it's sent from what I've heard. I've heard three songs that you guys have released, all three phenomenal. And uh, I can vouch for everything you say. You know, I always give the Din stamp approval of music. And what Nick said, as far as lyrically, the guys, top tier. He's top caliber, top tier, top upper echelon, whatever grading system you have, he's going to be on the top of it. And your production is a to me, it's a marriage made in heaven. You guys are like Dre and Snoop for what you guys do. You guys mesh very perfect, very well. It's Man,
1: thank you. I'm super excited for this next one we got coming out. I really do think this next one is gonna grab in a new way. It's because uh, I mean, live on death row. I think is definitely setting the standard. That's the thing to beat. That's, like, that track, I'm super proud of that track. Like, regardless of all the other shit I just said about hard to get people to listen to it, like, that track, like, I could fucking die happy, to tell you the truth, because that track is, you know, that's, like, a classic to me already. Like, it's, like, yeah, Yeah, I think it's real, I really think that track's going to be the gift that keeps on giving in a certain way. But, um, but, yeah.
0: I agree. One of my uh, one of the denmates we talked about, good music has no expiration date. So that's that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, it, it, it will live on and it most definitely will. Yeah. Now, the top of the year, you've been a busy man. I've seen you producing with others, working for your own stuff, doing the art. Uh, what do you prefer, the producer or the artist hat? Or is it, you know, one feeds off the other? Always ask multifaceted artists. Is there one aspect that they prefer over the other?
1: They definitely feed off of each other. I mean, it's really great to share the experience of having done something that you really think is great with somebody who either plays a different instrument or a vocalist or a songwriter, just collaborating or an engineer or a mastering engineer, like even people that like throw shows, like just collaboration with people and seeing something artistic like come together collaboration is great and that side of it i really get from artists when i work with them and i love that um even working with other producers it's just nice to feel um you know that you're doing something with somebody but the personal project of course just allows me to just how am i feeling in that exact moment like that is just about me and what i'm feeling and to being able to like push that out in whatever way is um like therapy more it's like a different kind of therapy you know it's much more like personal but they both feed each other because when i'm doing too much of one i need to do the other because then it just gets tapped out like if i do too much with too many artists then i kind of don't know who i am and then if i do too much on my own like I start to feel like I'm in a box because I'm not by nature a very like exponentially successful go get it person. That's just not my t- personality. I'm more like a, you know, kind of keep to myself and like just try to maintain. Like I'm sort of like more that type. So ganging up with people that are that type is really fun. And then it's also like, you know, you know, it, it, it's, I, I definitely need both. You know, it's, it's hard to, um, it's
0: hard to pick. But um I'm also I'm a, a person I'm, I'm a Libra. No, I said I'm a Libra, so I like balance. I love that answer because you know it, it's it's the scales in me, you know. You my mom always said you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you go too hard on one, you empty your cup, you go so it's that balance. I love that mm-hmm. answer.
1: Yeah, man. It's uh I think um uh, I was going to say I think also, I'm a very uh even when I'm working by myself, I'm a person that is like easily influenced. I see something that's really dope and I see the energy and I want to be able to like speak that way. Or like if I'm working with a certain type of artist like and they're really feeling something, I'm like what's that what's that bounce like what's the what's the language there like can I speak that language? Can I make myself as excited about something in that realm like it happens all the time like it happened with drill it happened with it happened with drum and bass a little while ago it happened with like e d m trap when that first hit. Like throughout all my music, the thing before all these hybrid electronic hip hop sounds that are like rave sounds, I was always making music that was like a little bit too electronic for rappers and then a little bit too basic for like techno or electronic music people. But as the fucking spectrum of music kind of hybridized in the last 10 years, it just became about like where was I fitting in these different things that were happening you know and then that was part of it and then the other half of it was like how do i make that sound like how do i make it bang the way that they're making it but in a certain way um i'm very easily influenced like i'm very like oh like what's this new thing so um it's interesting that's like kind of uh i guess i guess for me if i'm working with others then i really lose myself because it becomes all about what they want you know and then I get lost in in whoever's universe very easily. I'm a cancer, so it's very watery for me. And even though I'm very like, you know, kind of like, oh, cancer, like moody, like chill by myself or whatever. But I'm also um, uh, just easily interested in what other people
0: are doing musically all the time, you know. But I I think that's a gift. I, I think that's actually a gift because when you have the ability to be fluid, I think one of my favorite quotes from Bruce Lee is be water, my friend, you know, so being fluid like that and being able to adapt and learn and thrive in someone else's pool is an awesome talent to have. And I think that probably contributes to your success as a producer. Thank you, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So I know we talked before we started recording and talked about your busy first quarter of the year. Now you're kind of in a space where you're looking to, create and see what's going to inspire you what do you what do you think you have cooking up in the lab for the rest of 2022 what are you looking forward to working on are there any collaborations you're looking forward to working with give us a little scoop of what we can look for for the rest of 2022
1: got you um the beginning of the year i had a couple of back-to-back records that are just singles they're just kind of like audio movie posters i guess you could call them One of them was called Hikikomori, which is about a Japanese subculture that doesn't go outside. And I actually made that song in winter of 2019. So it was actually like a year before pandemic. And I decided... Last, at the end of last year, I was like, yo, fuck it, I'm gonna put this out. I put it out during a retrograde too. That's a little like thing that I do that I find works really well. If there's like a Mercury retrograde, I look back at something that I've all done a while ago that never saw light that I wish had come out and I just share that shit, because I think it's like a you know, you know, why not then, you know
0: energetically, I love that, that's yeah
1: yeah, so that was one of them one of them was a collab with an artist named Kaleido Kitty called Ocean Floor and then another one was called Terminus, and Terminus is kind of like, about death, it's like a tune that reminds me of like, falling through a void and never getting to the end of it, and I imagine that like if there was a death um, ending sequence that was like, oh, what's the most deathly thing? Like, It just sounded like that. These three records did a lot for me in their own way. They just hit back to back, and I think people really got what kind of producer I was, even though it's kind of a hard thing to follow. So the question is, what's my best stuff in the stash that's a movie poster that really... Like, is that exact mood? And you know, when I put it out, people will get it. I had one come out since then called Breach, which was the kind of like this like hacker anthem. I guess it was like about data flying all over the place and how susceptible your data was. People didn't really, I don't know, like it didn't bang like those ones bangs. I know it's like kind of like up and down cycle. So now I'm like just, and- i think that tune is dope but those first three i'm really really proud of so the question is how to consistently release stuff and have the concepts be compelling and have the concepts be stuff that will get you to think because that's like i want the music and the concept to come together and give people the fantasy about it that i have so i'm trying to figure that out because i really just figured out recently that that's what i was doing thanks thank you so much to this guy a until on Twitter, his name is Alenzo or Alonzo, maybe Alesso, I think his name is. He's a writer for a blog called Fucks With It, and he wrote me up for Hikiko Mori on Fucks With It. And he described what I was doing, and I felt very seen and very like, okay, this guy gets it. He understands what I'm doing better than I do, and now I kind of know what my mission is. So. I'm excited about that, and other than that, I'm really just working with Rome right now. Everybody else is kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if if yeah, I yeah. if rappers, it's 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 cool. If all the rappers I've fucked with before, like I fucked with all you guys. Like I'm here if you need me. Like Rome is just the only person that I'm working with and like really reaching out to because, um, because lyrics wise, I get what I need from him. That's the the whole thing is the fact that I get to go oh shit every like eight bars. That's what I'm into, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm in it for. So all the other, you know, all the stuff is on hold. I'm really working with Rome and working on my personal wave music project and all the other like wave labels. Um, I have like wave shows coming up. I'm doing a URL show um, in a week. Um, so I'm doing a 30 minute DJ set. I also have a DJ set for DJ city, which is a kind of like online, um, open format DJ hub. It's a record pool where like you can get all the MP3 downloads and, um, they have a community of DJs. That's like very much about like DJ skills. So like making a 30 minute mix that's like showcases skills. So I have that to turn in for June also. So, there's gonna be like a, some mainstream shit, thirty minute mix coming for DJ City. There's a wave mix of personal music that I that's all mine. That's I'm gonna put out in a week's time on a rave, and then oh, I'm also in this beat battle for Ski Beats. I have a lot going on right now. Ski Beats is um, throwing this beat battle this uh, month on April eighteenth. I think it's gonna be live on Sound Collective NYC's Instagram or website. Sound Collective NYC is a school that I work at. I teach Ableton and DJing at, this, at that school, and they've asked me to uh, participate in this beat battle where my guy Static Link is in a room full of instruments and is going to play and record all the instruments to make a sample of some kind, probably a soul sample, and then me and three other producers are asked on the spot to flip that sample. So and then Ski Beats is hosting it. Ski Beats produced like a lot of the stuff on Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt, and produced Camp Low, um, produced something recently which is really dope called 24 Hour Karate School. There's this album called Twilight that he did, which is fucking phenomenon with like a uh, uh, Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa is on it. It's like from 2013 or something. It's a banger though. You should check it out for sure. Um,
0: yeah, and where can people find? Uh, um, where they? Where would they be able to access that?
1: That's, I think, on Sound Collective NYC Instagram. That's that beat battle is on April eighteenth. Yeah, I think
0: April eighteenth. Okay, we'll make sure we put in the link, guys. Please check that out. I know it's going to be fire. I'm excited just listening to the concept. I'm a big concept person. I actually literally had goosebumps from the concept, so I like that. I like that a lot. Word. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome, awesome. Nick, we're almost done, brother. It has been an absolute pleasure sharing this time with you. But before we go, we have to get you that denmate stamp so you can be officially, officially affiliated. You'll be official like a referee with a whistle. And in order to do that, we play a little game here called If You Don't Know, Now You Know. Baby, baby, shout out to the late B-I-G. This game is brought to you by the good folks at Pod Depths. Folks, if you're a podcaster like me, sometimes coming up with questions for interviews, I do it all myself, people, and it can be very, very tiring, so you can have exciting interviews like we do here on The Den. So Poddex is a great tool to spice up your interviews, and I'm going to show you how great it is. You can purchase Pod Poddex online on their website, poddex.com. Save yourself 10% off your purchase using the promo code. The Den, which will be right down here when I edit this bad boy. The Den. That's T-H-E-D-E-N. And we're going to have a blast. I'm going to show you how cool it is right now. So I'm going to pull up the trusty, trusty podcast phone. It's just a regular iPhone. And we're going to get you some random questions to really get an insight, get in the mind of Nick Neutron so all your fans can see how quick you come up with these awesome answers. So... I'm going to pick a random category, like so. And we're going to pick, because you're a hustler, man, the first category we're going to pick is the hustle, like so. All right. This is a good one. This is a good one right here. Do you have a hard time telling people no? Yeah. Yes, I do. Mm. Yep.
1: Uh, telling people no is... um definitely you know like sometimes i don't but i definitely know what that's like to to have that problem you know um yeah yeah it's it's work it's one of the areas that i do a lot of work in my life for sure that's like an issue that i'm always doing work on
0: well anybody that i always say creatives are people of service regardless of how much wealth or fame you're you're a a server you're giving people your energy your time to make this music to make podcasts make books whatever you do that's creative so generally if you're a server you're you're a giver so it is hard this is so
1: something that i realized recently right for creatives saying saying no is a great place to ask for money it's a great place to play with your personal boundary about what you deserve money for. And sometimes if it's not done carefully and in the right way, it can destroy the relationship. And sometimes that's not worth it. And sometimes it is. So it's really careful. You have to get very careful with yourself about how you ask for money, but to just put down the boundary and be like, okay, no, I, if I'm going to do this, I need money for this. Let's see, you know, that's, that's, I think a great thing for creatives um. Yeah, is that's a that's a good place to play with both those boundaries. I'd say
0: well that's agreed. something. I, yeah. Much agree. So we, we, man, we're dropping jewels. That's why I love the show. We're dropping <laughs> jewels.
1: That's a good. That's a good app. I just it's, yeah. Hey,
0: ten percent the den t h e g e n save yourself a discount. All right. So next random category. Um, randomly putting in. All right. This is hypothetical questions here we go random category oh damn i I would like to answer this myself and i just might okay this is fun that's why i love this thing what animated or cartoon world do you wish you could live in for a week neo yokio neo yokio all right okay i Hey, that's, that's a good answer.
1: Look, so I'm, I'm obsessed with Neo-Yokio. I watch the series Neo-Yokio as like a, um, what you call it, kind of like a therapy show. It's like a show that you know so well and you just put it on and it just fucking yes, like. That's me in just, the
0: office. I can just put it on and run exactly, into the background.
1: Exactly. 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 I tweeted today on the way we came back from the city today. Me and my wife went to the city on the way back. There was hella traffic. I was in the passenger seat. I was like, i am just put on Neo Yokio again. And I just tweeted. I was like, we need more Neo Yokios based on the fashion blogger from Neo Yokio. I actually tweeted that. So I would definitely love to live there for a week, even though it's basically just New York and it's like fancy, but I just like those characters and I like that world. So I would have to go.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. I think I would. For me, I think I would go Adventure Time. I would love to land, live in the land of Ooh. I think that's dope. But I think Jake is that's my. That's a way better animal.
1: answer. That's a way better answer.
0: No, it, it, hey, no, yours was awesome. Yours was awesome. <laughs> All right, next category. It's going to be. Would you rather? All right, these are always fun. All right, here we go. <laughs> I, I don't even know what this means, but L. <laughs> We're gonna have fun with it. Would you would you wear fringe on everything, or would you rather dress leather head to toe? I don't know what fringe is, so, so Le- leather
1: happen. leather head to toe.
0: Yeah, leather. To no head. question. But fringe but uh, that it's a,
1: fringe is like you know like little um, you know what I'm saying? Like the it's like fling 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 like all the way you know like. Like, picture, funny thing is, picture, like, a suede bodysuit with, like, tassels all over everything. Like, that's okay. what it is.
0: Yeah, like, I'm going to go know. with the leather as well. I'm call me Eddie Murphy Raw, because... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think
1: Eddie Murphy Raw suit, I think I could pull that off. I think I could kill that shit. Not going to yeah, lie. Everyone I'd li- try, I'd... It. <laughs> yeah. try it.
0: Try once in their life. Maybe in the wintertime, though, because it gets pretty hot here. All right. True that. So the next category, music interviews which great we have a musician all right here we go do you have any other creative outlets or hobbies outside of music
1: uh qigong it's like kind of a hobby qigong is like tai chi it's like tai chi postures that's like basically stand holding stand with your you know with wide stance with your butt tucked with your head up and hold your arms in front of you like this for 10 minutes and breathe into the pit of your stomach. Just do that and watch the way that your knowledge of your body changes and the way that your knowledge of your body increasing puts you through this brutal cycle of emotions of being like, fuck, I hate this. Fuck. I feel so free. Like, Oh my God. Like you just start, you know, it, cleanses your body and is incredibly um stimulating in some way, but also very challenging. It's just like a it's just a postural meditation. That's pretty much what it is. Like you scanning your body while holding certain postures and doing certain breathing techniques in order to heal yourself. That's pretty much What it is,
0: yeah. I'm into it. My college roommate used to do regular tai chi from a video that he got from I think Spencer's or something. And we had a little tiny dorm room that was really for a single, but of course, colleges want to double their money, so they threw two people. He was like six, seven, so he would do these posture maneuvers. And I'm literally laying in my bed, and this like leg is over my head. And I'm like, (laughs) go to the gym. We do not have space in this little ass closet. That we consider a door.
1: <laughs>
0: that's <coughs> actually that's not hilarious. Long. It was hilarious. hilarious. I, was, I just see like a thigh in gym shorts <laughs> right above my nose. And I'm like, oh my Dude, God. I'm, I'm going to hit you with a Walkman if you don't cut this shit out. <laughs> All right. So, final question on If You Don't Know Now You Know, Baby Baby, brought to you by the good folks at Pod Deck. So, here we go. The final question from the category. The future freaks me out, and I consider myself a, a bit of a futurist, so let's check it out. Okay, this is perfect. What do you think the wave of the future will be, and how will you adapt to it?
1: it's hmm. a very good question.
0: I'll um, tell you mine if you if you're still sure. thinking. I can tell you. So, I'm telling you, man, the wave I think in the next 5 years, we're not going to see any cars on the road once Tesla really gets this mapping technology and really gets it where people can truly in just 5 years? 5 years. 5 years you won't see any truckers on the road. You won't see anything piloted. Cats 50 years use- maybe. Five. trust me man trust me I, I i know what i'm talking about
1: do you know do you know dude do you know how people would freak the fuck out if people a car is like a car is like somebody's entire like left half of their body or some shit like that like that's like telling people there's not gonna be any homes in five years except you you're talking
0: about cars you, I, no, there'll be cars, No, dude, that technology is going to be the – te- they're going to license that technology. Every car is going to have that automated. Every truck, maybe 10 years, but I'm saying five because technology usually doubles every year. So trust me, it's what, 2022, 2027, you're going to be remembering this moment when you're sitting in the back of a car that's being driven by an Android. You know, like, that's uh, what he was talking about. No, but there still be cars on the road, though. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Cars will be on the road. What I meant to say is there'll be no uh, drivers, and yeah, there'll, there'll be some for the you know poor people like myself that won't be able to upgrade. But <laughs> for the main uh, businesses, why pay a driver that's going to go to sleep behind the wheel that's shipping something across country when you can have an automated truck that's done by a computer? Do it. You program the route in it. Done and it can drive twenty four hours a day. It doesn't have to break. Doesn't have. To I get stop. it. I
1: definitely believe that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I definitely believe that. Absolutely. How about yourself?
1: Um. Well, I definitely think that the big, um, free crypto, not government controlled volatility run has no more than eight years at most i think in eight years crypto is going to be what the internet has become and right now it's a place where it is supporting maverick ideas and things like that on the level that the internet was in the late 90s and that right now like it's just in the process of getting co-opted now we're like watching it happen and um yeah i think that it has the 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 area of it being utopia has another like couple years but not more that's what I think first of all that I also think that uh you know like the 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 it's funny that you say wave of the future because that makes it sound like that's wave yes wave gang all the way hundred percent but also wave of the future sounds like it's in vogue so it sounds like we're talking about something positive or trendy that needs to be Evolve like needs to be adopted, as opposed to it being like, "Yo, like, what do you think is going to happen in the future?" Which right now you would probably say like, "The end is around the corner. It's like it's almost over." You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like in the last couple years. To a lot of people, I think it it sort of feels like that more like now more now than ever. But I think it always kind of does too. But we have this new crisis. But I think um I don't think VR is as as close as people think it is because I don't see it being uh although i do see a lot of people like going there for like raves and stuff like that but i don't see it being mass adopted
0: anytime soon um but. i agree I, I helped promote a uh ufo party uh on observation debt which is like a spin of the metaverse and it's it's pretty cool but it still feels like you're playing nintendo Wii. you know what i mean you're still not quite there where it's like player ready one i think once it gets to yeah. the point where you can feel stuff. The, the moment you can have a digital chick, it's over. <laughs> it's, <laughs> over. it's over. The moment You're they not figure wrong. It, yeah. The not moment wrong. They figure that yeah. out, that might be the end of the human race because people are going to just be uploading whatever they want, putting their headphones on, and that's going to be a wrap. So, yeah, I don't think five years, but maybe ten.
1: That's a very, very interesting point, though, because as people get more and more into this digital reality, They're disconnecting from things physically more and more. So the incentive to actually go out there and breed and keep the race going is actually kind of under a certain kind of threat that I would never really considered before this moment. That is very insightful.
0: think about it all the time because I always say we literally just went through a mass global experiment where for two years they told us to sit in the house and we did it. For the most part, we we did it. Now give us an incentive. Give us, uh, you know, hey, baby boomer, yeah. I, who, who, who was hot in 1965? I don't know, Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore? We're going to be able to program Mary Tyler Moore in this huh? metaverse helmet and have fun. You know, it, it, it's going to be a wrap. It's going to be a wrap. It's going to be uh, a lot less humans going around. It's true. It's true. That was a negative way to end the episode, but <laughs> it's all good to me. It's all, you
1: know, it's all, uh, it's, um, to me, it's all already written. I am a, uh, I don't believe in free will. It's mm-hmm. a whole nother conversation, but I believe that your inside, your internal environment reacts to your external environment and that you are basically an eventuality. And that, that helps me realize that everything is like one thing that it's like, Oh, like, Physic you're born, the doctor slaps your ass, you open your eyes, you're reacting to the your external environment, and the chain reaction is what you get to feel like and what you get to think about and the decisions you make. All that stuff is is at least you could say that it's kind if you haven't looked at it that way before, you have to consider that it might be pre-written. You know, that you that also helps me understand the simulation argument. That is why That's why they think you're in a simulation, and that's why in the Vedic uh, religions, I think they describe this as one of the gods' dreams. And I do think that we are all going to wake up as one thing in the future, some, right now, this is the sleep cycle of some very big alien, I think all the contact with aliens we've experienced is our, like, hyper-conscious self coming down here to give us some kind of hint, I don't believe in aliens that exist independent of that, that's what I think they are, I think the Earth is the only thing that has life on it, maybe, oh, it's so big, how could the Earth be the only thing that has life on it, just because that's the way that I just think it is, that's what I think's going on, I don't know for sure, but, That makes the most sense to me. you know.
0: I don't know. I know we over time. No, brother. We (laughs) could do a whole episode of that. I'm big on the simulation theory. I've had too many personal experiences with legit deja vu where I meet someone and five years ago, I've never met this person. But when I meet them, I'm like five years ago and I know the word they're going to say next or I know a conversation. Yes. and And I'm like, nope, nope. I'm not. I'm literally not. Imagining this thing, I've had yeah. that conversation yep. five years ago before I even met you, and it's just now clicking. I'm like, yes that that's a that's a skip in the matrix. Yeah, that's a skip in the matrix. So I'm with you on that one. It's yes. definitely. I've had it's way- like
1: the real. This is not a unique experience. Everyone has a everyone's life is fucking crazy and weird like and deep as fuck but it's like you know you can't really like just talk about it you don't talk that, about
0: that because they'll put you in a padded cell i think now yeah or just shit doesn't they,
1: get done it, it that stuff doesn't really have much to do with putting food in mouth that's that's the right. the thing about it you know so it's this weird oh it's all godly with oh i gotta eat it's like you know that war going on constantly so you Know
0: the ear and the ego, the ear and the ego. <laughs> well, Nick, brother, it has been a pleasure. You are a, a beacon of energy. I love it. I love it. Please let the friends of the den and the den mates know where they can find you on social media. Any shout outs you want to give, anything you want to promote, floor is yours, brother.
1: Thank you much, man. Uh, Nick Neutrons at uh, Instagram, Twitter, N I C K N E U T R O N Z. Um, shout out to Rome alone, R-R-O-M-E-A-L-O-N-E. Really excited for the project we have coming out late April. Hopefully it'll be out. It's Rome's EP called If I'm a Killer. Uh, That's really excited for that. My next song coming out, hopefully late April is called Outworld. It's about what happens when you learn something about your world that Makes you feel like a stranger in your own world and you have to like completely relearn how to be yourself. We like went through that a lot of times. I thought in a certain way the slap from last week was that everyone woke up in a new reality where it was like, yo, what the fuck's going on? You know what I'm saying? So Outworld is about that, about reassimilating to an unfamiliar world. Um, so those two releases, yep, Nick Neutron's Gmail. Well, sorry. Yeah, Nick Neutron's Gmail too, but also Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah those are the main places i am i'm on tiktok too but not too much but yeah nick neutrons
0: well, check out all of his social media the tiktoks the instagrams the Facebooks. people still facebook i don't know but everything that's popping check it out please check out his music please check out rome alone he's dope i vouched before i vouch again you will not regret it his story is phenomenal check out our episode, we're over 10,000 streams on that right now with uh, Rome Malone. so check it out. It's a great episode. Please check out Nick uh, right now. His, his music is phenomenal. His production is phenomenal. His view on life is phenomenal. And as always, guys, like, comment, subscribe. If you like what we're doing, if you like what we're putting it down, make sure to let everyone know. Go to Nick's page, and like I always tell our uh, mates if you saw him here, Spam his page with red circles. So those red circles stand for Mars. That lets him know that you saw him on down in the den, so he will want to come back because he knows that his uh, message made an impact to you guys. So as always, I end every damn episode the same way, Nick brother. I thank you. You're always welcome. If you have anything you want to promote, you're always welcome. You got my info. And as we end every, sec- every single episode, I'm stuttering because I am. Ready to party this weekend? So anyway, <laughs> peace, love, unity, and respect. Deuces. This your boy Mars. That's my man Nick. Check him out. Always down in the den. Peace. It's down in the den. So go tell a friend. The best podcast on earth about to begin. We got jokes and news and movie reviews. After and NC Seventeen with the crew best artists around so like comment subscribe the show starting right now let's go like comment subscribe the show starting right now